the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. I want you to continue. I want you to continue as a watchman. I want you to continue in this ministry that I've called you to in spite of the response of the people, in spite of the state of the nation. And I would say so too with us. God wants us to continue on, to continue to point people to Jesus and to continue to preach the gospel, to continue to let our light shine in this world. There are times when you may feel like throwing in the towel. This is especially true when it seems like the work you're doing isn't effective. No one is listening. It's not making a difference. Today, you'll learn that this is exactly how Ezekiel felt. Pastor Dan shares that no one was responding to the message God sent Ezekiel to share. But God didn't want him to give up, and he doesn't want you to either. Yes, it's hard, and no one seems to listen. But you need to press on and share God's message with the world. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Ezekiel chapter 33 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Ezekiel 33. Well, chapter 33 begins a new section of Ezekiel. You'll be happy to hear that. Uh, And it actually begins the final section of the book of Ezekiel. And just as a review, chapters 1 to 24, God uh, pronounced judgment on Judah and Jerusalem for their sin. Uh, And then beginning in chapter 25 to chapter 32, God pronounced judgment on Israel's neighbors, the countries surrounding Israel geographically. And remember that judgment was based on their mistreatment of God's people, the Jewish people. Uh, And so now beginning in chapter 33, Ezekiel's message turns from doom and judgment to a message of comfort, hope, future restoration and glory for Israel. God brought judgment upon his people. He sent them into captivity in Babylon, but God did not completely abandon them. He's not, he's not done with them. He hasn't just cast them aside forever. God has a future plan for his people, Israel. He will restore them back to their land after their captivity in Babylon. And Ezekiel in this last section of the book, we'll even look ahead to the millennial kingdom when Christ is reigning on the earth and the future glory of Israel even even then. And so this chapter now, in chapter 33, God begins this new section by 
recommissioning, if you will, Ezekiel as a watchman for the nation of Israel. Uh, When God first called Ezekiel to be a prophet to the people in the captivity, back in chapter 3, verse 17, God said, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. And now in chapter 33, after the judgment has fallen and everything, and they're being carried off into captivity, uh, those that remained in Israel, uh, God now repeats this same calling to Ezekiel here in chapter 33. Why does God repeat this calling? Why does God tell Ezekiel once again that he has called him to be a watchman over Israel? Well, I think for a couple reasons. At this point, Jerusalem is fallen and destroyed. Judah is conquered. Ezekiel has been preaching for about seven or eight years, and no one has listened to him. He's warned the people and warned the people for 32 chapters The judgment is coming if they don't repent. He's warned them that Jerusalem will be destroyed and Judah will be conquered. No one listened the whole time. So Ezekiel may be feeling a little discouraged, I'd imagine. Uh, He he may be feeling a little weary. Uh, Ezekiel may be at the point where he's thinking, well, what's the use? What difference does does it make? What difference does my preaching Make no one listens to me. No one believes me. Now, I I tried to tell them this would happen and it happened. Now Jerusalem is conquered. The nation has been wiped out. Should I even bother? Should I even bother to continue? And so what God does here at this point is God repeats Ezekiel's calling and, and recommissions him as a watchman. God essentially says to Ezekiel, I want you to continue. I want you to continue as a watchman. I want you to continue in this ministry that I've called you to in spite of the response of the people, in spite of the state of the nation. And I would say so too with us. God wants us to continue on, to continue to point people to Jesus and to continue to preach the gospel, to continue to let our light shine in this world. Keep your foot on the gas. Don't let up. No matter what may happen, no matter what people may do in response, whether they ignore us or reject the message, just keep pointing them to Jesus. Keep being a watchman. And so verse 1 here, Again, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, speak to the children of your people and say to them, when I bring the sword upon a land, speaking of God's judgment, and the people of the land take a man from their territory and make him their watchman, when he sees the sword coming upon the land, if he blows the trumpet and warns the people, then whoever hears the sound of the trumpet in the city and does not take warning, if the sword comes and takes him away, well, his blood shall be on his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet, but he did not take warning. His blood shall shall be upon himself, but he who takes warning will save his life. But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet, 
and the people are not warned, and the sword comes and takes any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at the watchman's hand. And we've talked about the role of the watchman before, back in chapter 3, and the role of the watchman in the ancient world. In a walled city, they would place watchmen on the wall of the city to watch for any approaching danger. And that was their job. They would stand on the wall. They'd watch for any danger that was coming. And if they saw uh, danger approaching the city, they would sound the alarm. They would blow the trumpet to announce and warn the people in the city that danger is coming, trouble is coming. And Ezekiel was appointed by God to be a watchman for the nation of Israel. His job was to warn the nation that God's judgment was coming if they didn't repent. And I want you to notice here in these verses is that God says the watchman has a personal responsibility to sound the trumpet to warn the people, he, he says, if you don't sound the trumpet, if you don't give the warning, you know, his blood I will require at the watchman's hand. So the watchman has a personal responsibility to sound the warning, and the people have a personal responsibility to respond to the warning. If the people don't listen to the warning and they die, it's their own fault. But if you don't blow the trumpet and warn the people and they're carried away captive, God says, I will require their blood at your hand because you didn't warn them. And so there's responsibility on both sides here. You know, now the Apostle Paul in the New Testament, he picks up on and uses the same imagery in Acts chapter 20. I don't, you don't need to turn there, but I'll read it to you. In Acts chapter 20, verses 26 and 27, uh, Paul meets with the elders of the church of Ephesus for one last time. He's going to Jerusalem. He he knows he's going to be arrested uh, in Jerusalem. And so he meets with the elders of Ephesus, a church that he planted and poured his heart into for a long period of time. And and he says to them, the, the leaders of that church, Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men. For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Paul says, I'm innocent of all of your blood. Your blood is not on me because I have declared to you the whole counsel of God. I have declared to you all that God has said. You know, Sunday mornings, we've gone through the whole New Testament. Thursday nights, we're going through the Old Testament. And there will be a day when we finish Malachi. And I'll be able to stand up here and say, I'm innocent of your blood. I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. And then hopefully I'll like (laughs) drop dead or the rapture will happen. and Go out in glory, right? Like Ezekiel. And like the Apostle Paul, we are watchmen. And we are to declare the word of God to people. We're to declare Jesus Christ and Him crucified to people. We have a responsibility to blow the trumpet. 
to give the warning. And that, that's in season or out of season. No matter what is happening in our nation or where the nation goes, or our mandate, our calling is to point people to Jesus and to go into all the world and proclaim the gospel and make disciples, sound the warning. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. And it's not our responsibility to convert people or to persuade people to repent of their sins and turn to God. That's the Holy Spirit's job. The Holy Spirit convicts people of sin and righteousness and judgment. Our responsibility is simply to blow the trumpet, to give the warning. And the people are responsible for how they respond to that. Right? God has called us to be faithful. He hasn't called us to be successful. He's measuring our faithfulness. Not our, not our conversion rate. And so, so for us, success is just being faithful to let our light shine and faithful to, to proclaim the gospel and to sound the warning and to be faithful to the word of God and proclaiming it. So now that brings us to verse 7. So you son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Now watch what he says here. Therefore, you shall hear a word from my mouth and warn them for me. Verse 7 is very important. Ezekiel heard from the Lord first and then he spoke. He heard from the the Lord first and then he spoke. He warned the people. Ezekiel didn't share his own thoughts or his own personal opinions with the people when he was speaking as a representative of God, as God's prophet. He only shared what he first received from the Lord. Jesus is our example, right? We want to copy Jesus. We want to be like Jesus. And Jesus said, I say whatever the Father tells me. To say, So Jesus also was one that spoke only what the Father told him to say. And if Jesus did that, if Jesus only spoke what the Father told him to say, then we need to be careful that when we are speaking as God's representative, when we are speaking for the Lord, that we not share our own words or our own thoughts, but only what the Lord tells us to say. You can share your own thoughts and your own opinion when you're talking about football or you're talking about the best place to get a taco. Share your opinion. 
But when you are representing Jesus Christ and you're speaking on behalf of God as his representative, you should hear from the Lord before you speak. But if I do that, if I only say what the Lord tells me to say, I won't have much to say. Exactly. How much trouble do we get ourselves into by sharing what we think and our thoughts instead of what the Lord has told us to say? Ezekiel spoke for the Lord only when God gave him something to say. Again, that's not to say you can't talk about football or the weather or movies or whatever, you know. But when you're speaking for the Lord, we, we want to share with people what the Lord says. We want to share His Word. I had an opportunity this week to be on a live radio show where people called in and asked questions, Bible questions. And uh, the, the whole time people were, were talking and Someone would call in or whatever with a question. The whole time we're, we're conversing. In my mind, I am praying like crazy. Lord, give me the words to say. Lord, give me the words to say. Lord, I don't, you know, I don't want to sound stupid. I don't want to talk. You give me the words to say. Right? We, we, just, we want to represent what God has to say. And give that to people. Because you're never going to go wrong. Right? God, God's word is anointed. My words, not anointed. And so we always want to share God's word. Verse 8, he says, When I say to the wicked, O wicked man, you shall surely die, and you do not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. Nevertheless, if you warn the wicked to turn from his way, and he does not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity but you have delivered your own soul. It's a big responsibility being a watchman. And this was, this was the message that God gave Ezekiel to proclaim, O wicked man, you will die in your wickedness unless you turn from your wicked ways. That's the message. Which is repentance. Repentance is turning from your wicked ways and turning to God's ways. And Ezekiel's message was, if, if you don't repent, you'll perish. And by the way, that was the first message that Jesus preached also. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Turn from your wicked ways. And and again, we we see here in verses 8 and 9 that Ezekiel was responsible for the message that was given to him. And the people he warned were responsible for what they did with that message. Therefore, you, O son of man, say to the house of Israel... Thus you say, if our transgressions and our sins lie upon us and we pine away in them, how can we then live? It's interesting, now the people, finally, there's like a break here in in their hardness. Finally, the people ask this question, and their question is, if our sin is heavy upon us, meaning if we are guilty, and we pine away in them, if we are ruined by our sin, how can we live? That's a good question to ask, isn't it? If I'm guilty, and my sin has ruined my life, 
Well, then how can I live? Jesus Christ came for people who have been ruined by their sin. People like you, people like me, people like us. Jesus died on the cross for our sin in our place, taking our guilt and shame and punishment for our sins and transgressions so that we can be forgiven and so that we can have eternal life. Ephesians chapter 2 answers this question that is asked in verse 10. Ephesians 2 says, We were dead in our trespasses and sins, but God... It's important, but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Though we were dead, spiritually, Jesus Christ makes us alive. The question they ask, if our transgressions and our sins lie upon us if we're guilty before God and we pine away in them, we're ruined by our sin. How can we live? Well, Jesus makes us alive. That's the power of the cross. That's the power of the cross. Jesus doesn't just make bad people good or good people better. He makes dead people alive. He takes ruined lives and makes them new. Verse 11 says, say to them, as I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. But that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways. You see God pleading with them to turn, to repent. And God asks the question, for why should you die? O house of Israel, God is extending forgiveness and salvation to them. And he's pleading with them to turn, turn from your evil ways. And he says, why should you die in your sins? This is God's heart. I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. This is Old Testament. God says, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. He doesn't want to see anyone's life ruined by their sin. His desire is that all would turn and live. Turn from their sin. Turn to Him for forgiveness and salvation and receive eternal life. You know, Paul writes in the New Testament, God is not willing that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance. That's what God wants. He doesn't want anyone to perish in their sin. He doesn't want anyone ruined. He doesn't want anyone walking around with the weight of guilt and shame and condemnation and the baggage that comes with sin. He's not willing that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance and salvation through Jesus Christ. That's his heart. So much so that you see the God of the universe Pleading with them. Pleading with them. After he has been so faithful to the people of Israel, and after the destruction of Jerusalem and this judgment, and they still haven't turned from their evil ways, and now God is just to the point where he's begging them, turn, turn from your evil ways. For why should you die, O house of Israel? 
You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan as he teaches verse by verse through the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel was a prophet of God, and though he was faced with the difficult job of speaking hard truths, he also spoke of great hope. Even though the Israelites were constantly disobeying God, God was still faithful to them and offered a way of restoration. This is what Ezekiel so boldly proclaimed, and this is what God also offers to you. If you'd like to learn more about Ring of Truth, we encourage you to visit our website at calvaryec.com. You'll also find information about the church behind this ministry, Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. We have a heart for spreading the gospel message to all we come in contact with, and all are welcome to come and worship with us at our location in Columbia, Maryland. If you're ever in the area on a Sunday morning, we'd love for you to join us for a time of worship and Bible study. We'll study God's Word together and strengthen each other through prayer and fellowship. Come by and meet Pastor Dan and all of us here at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. For service times and location information, visit calvaryec.com or give us a call at 410-491-4592. Once again, that number is 410-491-4592. That's all we have time for today, but be sure to join Pastor Dan as he shares more from the book of Ezekiel on the next edition of Ring of Truth. It's true.